0: Hello and welcome to Cover to Credits, the bi-weekly podcast where we discuss books and their movie adaptations. I'm Ian George.
1: And I'm Adina Hilton. In this episode, we'll be discussing Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets was written by J.K. Rowling and was published in the UK in 1998 and in the US in 1999.
0: And the film adaptation, which which was directed by Chris Columbus, came out in 2002.
1: Yeah. Woo! Uh, second Harry Potter
0: second one uh thanks everyone who's listening we hope you're uh safe out there you're healthy and that uh, just you're you're hanging in there because we know things are a little crazy right now
1: yeah uh we have a lot to talk about in this episode I'm very excited me too so I think we're just gonna jump right in
0: absolutely so uh
1: Harry's life is sad once again <laughs> you always have to
0: start him back down yeah I just Okay, look, this is more common about future things, but I cannot believe that, like, no different boarding arrangements could have been made for Harry Uh, at the beginning of these stories. Of course, it
1: ties into later the thing that we're not going to talk about yet, but I do think Uh, that maybe that was written in later. (laughs) (laughs) And J.K. Rowling was like, I need a reason to explain why he has to keep going back here. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yeah, that's probably
0: a later uh, but it does, you know, these early books we've talked before, how they have a very whimsical vibe to them. Yes. Uh, very rolled doll in a way. And so I think returning, especially these early books, returning to the evil step parents kind of like puts you back in that
1: the mindset. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Getting us back into that like... Um boy who's being like tortured and in some cases literally tortured um it seems like he's being starved uh in this book this
0: time around yeah Yeah, so
1: that is fun
0: man harry just ends every book on a high and then immediately goes back into just like the most dismal i know
1: we should have like a, a separate like standalone book that's just harry potter's summers oh my god
0: <laughs> an entire non-magical abusive it's just summer him,
1: like sweeping the floor <laughs> and like raking out the garden and like doing... dudley
0: just like playing like jokes on him and shit
1: yeah and him like losing weight because he's not eating
0: <laughs> oh man It'd be great I want that i want that side story i know absolutely (laughs) uh the the setup for this one because like a lot of the books now have this kind of like one situation going on yeah at the beginning so this one uh Um, Uncle Vernon has this business deal. Yes. Now it's not quite vague businessman, which is one of our favorite tropes and stories. Because
1: he does sell drills.
0: He sells drills, which is weirdly super specific. Yeah. And I don't know if it makes sense. I'm not in the drill business. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know who sells them or what kind of drills, but this is a big account for him. And he is having a couple over to, um, uh, what's the word? Schmooze. Schmooze, Thank you. He's Mm going to schmooze them. And Harry has to be upstairs and shut up and not say anything.
1: And too bad for Harry. That's when Dobby shows up.
0: Dobby the house elf. Yes. Dobby. Honestly. So this movie came out in 2002. Dobby is a CGI character still works pretty well.
1: Yeah. He looks really good actually. He
0: does. Um,
1: There were only a couple parts where I was like. Uh, the lighting's not quite right on his skin.
0: Yeah, or sometimes <laughs> when he's interacting with something or, like, yeah. the performance of someone looking at him is, like, a little off. hmm But overall, yeah. they do a thing, too, where they did this with um, in the first movie with the troll. Yeah. Where a lot of times when they do interact with things, I think they're actually moving those real objects. Yeah. Like, when he's hitting his head on the dresser, like, they're...
1: It seemed very physical. Yeah,
0: they're actually hitting the dresser in real life mm-hmm. and then adding. So that still gives him a presence in the scenes, which I think is very effective. It helps like, you know, reinforce that.
1: Yeah, I agree. And uh, Dobby is there to stop Harry Potter from going back to Hogwarts by any means necessary. Yes. Um and Dobby's such a interesting figure because he is so annoying like yeah. so annoying but he's also like so pitiful <laughs> <laughs> I know <laughs> You can't help feeling bad for him and Harry's in the same boat that we are that he's like oh my god I cannot stand you but then he's like oh I feel bad though like <laughs>
0: I know it's just pendulum that kind of just goes back and forth Yeah <laughs> Uh Dobby has hoarded Harry's letters from all of his friends so he wouldn't go back to school and then drops a cake on the ground or in the movie on the guests. Yeah. uh, So that for some reason, his aunt and uncle hate him so much.
1: That they want him to be around all the time. Yeah,
0: so they can torture him. Yeah. (laughs) Which is just like, what are you people
1: doing (laughs) yeah i don't understand yeah so harry because of this gets punished even more than he was already being punished the bars are on the outside of his window there's locks on his door they're like putting food through like a doggy door apparently (laughs) yeah
0: it's like really i know
1: it's it's upsetting uh luckily for harry though he has friends that care about him and ron george and fred are there to rescue him soon
0: So they show up in their flying car, Mm -hmm. uh, rip the bars off the window and make a daring escape. I enjoyed the fact that the movie included Uncle Vernon falling headfirst out the window.
1: Yes. We talked last episode about um the actor who plays vernon Mm -hmm. and how great of a comedic actor he is oh yeah um but he's so funny in the limited scenes that he has like i just love the detail where he hears harry leaving and he has to like unlock all the locks uh, (laughs) on harry's door because there's like at least five locks
0: (laughs) i know he's like he's so good at being so serious but the joke's always on him yeah and yeah he just really embraces that Uh, classical kind of goofy villain. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. And, you know, he... I don't think he's... He's definitely not in all the movies. No. Uh, Some of them skip the beginning, him being at home. But for every movie he's in, he really brings it.
1: He definitely does. Uh, We don't see a lot of Dudley in this one at all.
0: No, Dudley plays a smaller role uh, Mm -hmm. this time around. And we do have a, a confirmation. So last episode, we talked about how The the movie kind of places Harry's birthday literally right before he goes to Hogwarts. Yeah. And we were curious if that was continued. Because in the book, it's more not quite the middle of the summer, but not quite right before. So, and this movie does reconfirm that because as they're escaping with the car, Ron tells him, by the way, happy birthday, Harry. Yeah. And we know that this is like a day or two before they go to school.
1: Mm -hmm. So it makes sense. Yeah.
0: So it all still lines up. So They're they're keeping their consistency. Harry's birthday watch. (laughs) Harry's birthday watch.
1: (laughs) They take Harry to the borough, which is the Weasley home, which we are seeing for the first time. There's so many things where I'm reading these books again or I'm watching the movies again. And I have to remind myself that like this is the first time that we're seeing this. Yeah. So it's like noteworthy.
0: Yeah. These books do such a good job of like. Adding um, scenes or elements that fit organically in the mystery or the story, but are also world building a lot. And I think like the burrow is a good example of that. And Mr. Weasley and the Ministry of Magic.
1: Definitely. And I want to talk about how magical the burrow feels.
0: It's so great. In so
1: many ways in both the book and the movie. I think the movie really does a lot to capture that feeling there. And Mm. I love this scene in the movie, but especially in the book as well. I mean, Harry gets there, and it's just this huge ramshackle house that's, like, not put in any order. He talks about there being, like, four chimneys, like, on the top (laughs) of it, and everything's, like, sticking out which way. But it's such a homey warm and welcoming and happy place yeah and not only is this the first magical home that harry is seeing it's also the first like loving home that he's seeing
0: yeah absolutely like the weasleys are a close-knit family yeah i keep having to remind myself how many weasleys there are there are i keep forgetting how many brothers there are
1: yeah there are seven children
0: yeah right yeah i think yeah uh but but i do love just like how expansive the family is and how caring they all are for each other. Yeah. Especially especially Mrs. Weasley and how she really takes Harry under her wing. I know. And, like, cares for him. Uh, It's very sweet and you love seeing that, especially them just leaving uh, the... Dursley's house
1: yeah and you can tell that like Harry does feel at home there Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: Ron is embarrassed by it a little bit
0: yeah I loved that too but
1: Harry's like it's amazing like why wouldn't I think it's amazing it's like a million times better than what I have
0: yeah so I think
1: that 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 contrast is really nice that Ron might feel a little ashamed because it might not be like super fancy but to to Harry it's like magic
0: Well, and something else I like, too, with the set design is so many things like the um, uh, dishes being scrubbed on their own, the needles knitting the sweater on their own. So much of it is like obviously like prop work and physical. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about this and I'm like, I think this is partly what made the appeal of the, what is it? uh, Harry Potter Wizarding World. Oh, yeah. At um, Universal. At Universal. Because when you look at these older movies, like...
1: The it, sets are so intricate. It
0: looks like you could just walk in there and it's not like a bunch of CGI things. No, it's not like, it feels
1: like a place. It does.
0: And I think that's when people like in and, and, uh, Diagon Alley is the exact same way. In Hogwarts. and Hogwarts. And they're all like sets that you're like, I feel like I could just walk in there. Yeah. And so when you hear like, holy shit, they're making <laughs> the wizarding world of Harry Potter. Yeah, you want to go. It's like, you know, if they were making like an avatar world from the movie Avatar, you'd be like, I don't, none of that's
1: was real. real you know yeah. what am I going
0: to be going to what's that going to look like whereas this is like you can just tell what it's going to be like and what it would be you know. I agree
1: it's a good point point. and we also are introduced to Arthur Weasley for the first time <laughs> who is one of my favorite side characters honestly. He's excellent. I love him so much he is like oh hey Harry what's up and is immediately like All right, so you live in the muggle world. I need to know (laughs) about muggle stuff. And I just love that he's so, like, passionate about this specific thing. Like, he works in the... um what is it? The department like, oh, misuse of muggle artifacts. Office. Yeah.
0: Things that are be- bewitched and yeah. like, oftentimes like returned to muggle but society. But I love
1: that he like does it himself. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of a joke that like he's using muggle objects like for his own purposes. Um, but he's just so curious and like fascinated by the muggle world. I feel like he has a really like scientific mind where he just wants to know how things yeah. work and like what their functions are.
0: When I was thinking too, it's so funny because like. So many wizards, like, grew up with muggle parents or grew up in the muggle world until they found out that they were, you know, wizards or witches. And so, like, so many other people would probably, like, be better suited for the job. Yeah. They would, like, know how the post office works or something. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But I think it's just Mr. Weasley's, like, fascination.
1: It's his passion. It
0: is. that makes him, like, so much more suited for that job.
1: Yeah. And, of course, he wants to talk to Harry about, like, all the muggle things. And there's a part later in the book specifically... When he uh, runs into Hermione's parents (laughs) and he takes them for a drink.
0: Oh, like, yeah, that's oh yeah right. the Grangers
1: and I we're gonna go get a drink um we'll meet you all back here later yeah and I just I like love that detail like he was like he like likes them and wants to hang out with them <laughs> and there's so many other wizards that like look down on muggles and think like they're not worth anything so to have someone that's just like so curious about the world mm-hmm. I love it
0: apparently in the movie there's a shot of Arthur talking to Hermione's parents and I don't know if you can hear it or or not but apparently he's saying like So, other muggles are afraid of you, right? Because they're both dentists. (laughs) (laughs) He's, like, trying to understand that, which is, like, so funny. But so, they get ready to go back to school by going to Diagon Alley.
1: Yes, and we get the travel by flu powder in one of the silliest scenes in the movie. (laughs) And Ian and I, like... We've joked about this so much in the past and it's probably not that funny, but we've made it like so funny to ourselves. Like the whole scene when Harry, you know, does the flu powder and doesn't like says Diagon Alley like in a stupid way in the book. It's like, oh, he threw down the powder. It got in his mouth and he kind of like stuttered when he said it.
0: Yeah. But (laughs) in the movie, he's just like. We were saying it's, like, a person or, like, a kid who is in a play and he has, like, one line. <laughs> he has to walk out and deliver one line and he goes out and he just completely fucks it.
1: <laughs> yeah, because he, like, looks straight at the camera and says it. Like, oh like he's, like, he's, like, I'm so ready and then butchers it. <laughs> it just doesn't get it. <laughs> there
0: have been, like, so many memes about, like, him not saying it right that, I mean, I think other people agree that this is just, like, a really silly execution but so funny it's
1: really funny he gets to nocturnally but then hagrid rescues him from
0: from all the wizard (laughs) crackheads
1: it does seem kind of like weird
0: it's super shady uh yeah but then he reunites with uh everyone else which by the way in the movie he runs into the weasleys back at the bookshop yeah who were waiting in line for books like they were not looking for harry (laughs) At all. They were like, oh, Harry, we're oh, good. You we were wondering. You we were. literally could have been anywhere in the world. I'm glad you were like, you know.
1: We like- just wanted to buy our books before we went to look for you.
0: <laughs> yeah. We do not know. You could have been in Egypt. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but so we end up in the bookstore where uh, Lockhart is uh, signing his book books Mm -hmm. and and what's his first name I can't
1: Gilderoy Gilderoy
0: thank you Gilderoy Lockhart a very famous charming wizard Mm -hmm. is uh you know doing a book signing and he's very popular and also a complete fucking idiot
1: yes (laughs) um we get Malfoy Lucius Malfoy
0: yes who shows up Papa Malfoy
1: Papa Malfoy (laughs) not baby Malfoy no no
0: Papa Malfoy
1: (laughs) um and I really like the actor that plays him?
0: I read his name like 50 times. And he's I, been
1: in other stuff.
0: I'm, he, yeah. He, he's
1: like very villainous in mm-hmm. general.
0: I read that he actually requested having long hair. Ooh. Because he like wanted he didn't want to look just like a larger version <laughs> of, Draco. of Draco, which he would have. <laughs> yeah. With just like the same haircut. So he's like, give me like longer hair. Give me something else. Mm-hmm. And also he said because like of the long hair, he had to hold his head back more. So it didn't go in his face, which he's like gave him like a snooty, Potty. yeah, looking down his nose at everyone vibe. I love it. Yeah, he was so good. Mm-hmm. But um, we quickly kind of get into this area of him being like, "Oh, the Weasleys, you shitty, yeah, poor, poor, like
1: <laughs> <laughs> muggle loving, red
0: haired asshole family." <laughs> I know.
1: I'm like, is this like an Irish dig? Like,
0: that's a good question. Is
1: this like an allusion to? the british like shitting on irish people mm,
0: maybe I, I never thought of it that way
1: like possibly being poor or having a lot of children having red hair i'm yeah. not saying that all irish people are like that i'm just saying
0: like, no but it is like a stereotype A stereotype yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. uh i do love though because he's like you know shitting on all the weasleys in his snooty way in the book uh, Mr. Weasley and him actually get, in oh, this, like, get
1: into a fight. they get into like
0: a fist fight, <laughs> which I really wish we had gotten to see this kind of like pathetic like older man like slap fight. <laughs> yeah,
1: just like hitting each other on the ground, like maybe like. Eh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, I do
1: want to mention like this weird theory that I've heard. Oh yeah, tell me. So in the movie, it's only from the movie. In the movie, we get this weird shot of Draco ripping a page out of a book.
0: Yeah. In
1: the store. Um, and there's like some kind of like fan theory that I read about. And I'm sure there are like a million other fan theories that I haven't read about. So if you've heard fan theories, please send them to us. But the one that I did read about was that Draco rips a page about the Basilisk. Oh
0: my God. And that I,
1: that's the page that Hermione has later.
0: As soon as you started talking, about, I was like, I think I've heard that too. Yeah. And that's very interesting.
1: And it's, I feel like. I don't know exactly if I, like, buy into that or not, um, because he does act like he doesn't know anything later on.
0: Yeah. And, like, when people are being petrified, he's, like, boasting about it. Oh, he's, it. like,
1: really happy about yeah, it. Like, yeah. Like, he
0: really wanted to, like, prevent anything. Yeah. Like, it'd be one thing to not say anything, but, like, slip a note. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to be like, <laughs> I'm glad you're all gonna die. <laughs> yeah.
1: But it is weird. Like, why is he ripping a page out of a book?
0: Yeah, I don't know if they're just, like, because... Malfoy, there's another joke later where he like finds this like little gift wrapped on a desk and he's like, is this yours? And then he just like pockets it. Yeah. Maybe it's just him taking more things. Maybe. I don't know why he'd want a page from a book, though. Yeah. I don't know. That, that is interesting. I like that theory. Mm-hmm. I like where I like where their heads at.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so um, they leave Diagon Alley and they're getting ready to go to Hogwarts. There is a part that I wanted to read um, from the book, because it's mm-hmm. really funny, um, when they are trying to... Here, I have my book here. They are trying to leave... <laughs> Adina kept
0: reaching back without looking, trying to like <laughs> find her t- book. I was book. To
1: just grab it, and I couldn't. <laughs> so I love this part in the book so much, just a little paragraph. So this is when they're trying to leave the burrow to get to the train station. Mr. Weasley started up the engine, and they trundled out of the yard, Harry turning back for a last look at the house. He barely had time to wonder when he'd see it again when they were back. George had forgotten his box of filibuster fireworks. Five minutes after that, they skidded to a halt in the yard so Fred could run in for his broomstick. They'd almost reached the highway when Jenny shrieked that she'd <laughs> left her diary. By the time she'd clambered back into the car, they were running very late and tempers were running high. <laughs> I know it's, like, not that extraordinary, but I just, like, love that image so much i
0: know and like i don't know if jk rowling came from a large family yeah but i think it shows that like she probably knew someone from a large family because that's like
1: exactly what it's like
0: yeah for sure so i I do love that part (laughs) there's a lot of well-written humor
1: definitely in
0: the book and like some of it is brought up again in the movie but like it just doesn't have that same like one of the things i'm thinking of is like the mandrakes they're talking about them growing yeah. in the book. And at one point, Hagrid's like, yeah, as soon as their acne clears up. or, <laughs> And that line is in the movie, but it's just kind of like glossed over. You don't yeah. really get it. Uh, it's not as
1: much of a zinger. Yeah,
0: exactly. So like a lot of t- a lot of those lines are so much better written and they're so funny.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Harry and Ron run full speed into a solid brick wall.
1: <laughs> yeah. They like crash hard in the movie. It's, it's great. It's
0: well done. <laughs> And also it's the same train conductor from the first movie who sees them. Yeah. He's probably like, it's that same kid who comes every year to play a joke on me. (laughs) Uh, But this leads Harry and Ron to steal the flying car. Yes. Which, I mean, on one hand, it's like, this was a huge leap to do that. But it's another thing. I'm like, yeah, but they're also stupid kids. Yeah. Like, I could also see them doing this. They're like,
1: ooh, let's drive a car. Yeah. (laughs) In the air.
0: (laughs) So... Uh, They get they find the train beneath them, although I do in the book. They just find it and they're flying along with it in the movie. They turn it into like this whole action sequence. It's this great comedic moment where they realize the train is behind them. Yes. Ron gives this amazing look.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Harry is like, do you hear the train? (laughs)
0: I've seen the look Ron gives as, like, a meme before. Oh, my God. Uh, it's it's so funny. Also,
1: but- Harry almost falls out of the car, and Ron is trying to reach for him, and Harry says, Your hands all sweaty. Your hands all sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, like,
0: such a random line to include, but it's so funny. I love it. I do really appreciate this movie's, the way they take certain things from the book that either weren't action scenes yeah. or they were kind of like short, action, short scenes. action scenes. And it really like beefs them up one way or another. Definitely. Uh, this is a great example mm-hmm. where them just finding the train turns into this whole slapstick action fun moment.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're in a flying car like, you know, yeah. like take advantage of it. I do like that the movie does this.
0: Absolutely. And, and it does it a few other places, too. I'll probably mention, but they <laughs> managed to crash land at Hogwarts. The car kicks them out. Well, I guess they, they landed the Whomping Willow first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It beats the shit out of them. Once again, almost all of it was practical. You really? know what I mean? Well, I mean, you can just tell that a lot of the branches hitting oh, them yeah. are like real things, like real made branches. And yeah. it like looks like a ride at... A, it does. At a theme park. I'm like, I want to be on that ride.
1: If only I could get the shit beat out of me <laughs> in a Whomping Willow ride.
0: Exactly. Uh, and then the car ditches them, yes. which is so funny.
1: I love that the car just leaves and it goes into the Forbidden Forest. It just
0: to drives me. off into the it's forest. Like, bye. And there's like no explanation needed. No. It's just like, yeah, no, it just had enough. It was tired. Mm-hmm. Then they finally get into school. They get yelled at, but not expelled. And
1: they have a new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher.
0: Who is
1: Gilderoy Lockhart.
0: Played amazingly by Kenneth Branagh.
1: I love Kenneth Branagh. Uh, he's in a lot of like British stuff. He's in a lot of Shakespeare movies, which is why I like him. But he plays this role so perfectly. I mean, I'm going to say no one could do better because he's really great. Uh, Lockhart is clearly so full of himself. We get a great part in the movie where we see a painting of him painting himself in a painting. <laughs> I just love it. I forgot it makes me that. so happy. I also
0: love it's more present in the book, yeah. but he just keeps dragging Harry yes. into his like media frenzied mind of like, oh, Harry, I know you want to be famous, too. And he's like, oh, my God, please stop. (laughs) And it's so funny.
1: It is really great.
0: And this is goes back to J.K. Rowling just writing characters so well. Yeah. She just like gives them one very prominent trait and, but there is depth to it as well, and it's just, she executes that so well, I think.
1: hmm definitely. We get that crazy scene where he lets the pixies loose, mm-hmm. um, and he never attempts anything of that nature again. <laughs> no.
0: In fact, in the book, one of his quizzes is just all about him. Yeah. It's like, what's my favorite color? <laughs> what did I do in this book I wrote? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Uh so then we get a scene. There's a confrontation between the Quidditch teams, Gryffindor and Slytherin, because there are no other houses in these movies, right? No. It's only Gryffindor and Slytherin. Basically.
1: <laughs> we get a little bit of Hufflepuff in this book. Mm. Not a lot.
0: Yeah. They get in a fight over who has the pitch. Also, this is where we find out Malfoy is the seeker of the Slytherin team. Mm-hmm. And during this argument, Hermione totally fucking... She owns him. She dunks on Malfoy.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so hard in front of everyone.
1: Yeah, she's like, at least we didn't have to buy our way onto the team. And we're all like, oh! oh! <laughs> that was amazing, honestly.
0: It was great. And oh my god, uh, Emma Watson when she delivers this line, yeah. gives so many head bobs. She's like
1: shaking her hair
0: everywhere. <laughs> Every Every word is just punctuated by a head jerk yeah <laughs> um but this is where malfoy uh really shows this lack of class and calls her a mudblood mm-hmm. and this really touches on the prominent theme of this book i think which is yeah. um i don't know what we should call it it's essentially like
1: blood status
0: blood status yeah
1: heritage it's a thinly veiled metaphor for racism and bigotry clearly um we learn a lot about the wizarding world's like classifications here where we didn't really have any of that in the last book yeah in the last episode we talked a lot about class and how that was a huge part of that yeah book. yeah for and sure it's definitely still a huge part of this book too because we get a lot about the Weasleys and their poverty versus, like, the Malfoys. But this book really, I think, focuses more on that, like, blood status.
0: I think it's done – I think J.K. Rowling writes this way so well, too, because on one hand, the characters' attitudes towards things seem so, like – um Obviously flawed. Yeah, like the the Malfoys being like, mm, you have to be pure blooded, mm-hmm. but the Weasleys are pure blooded, but they're like, yeah, but you also are yeah, poor. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. It's
1: clear that they just think they're better than everyone.
0: Exactly, and but it's like still so fucking applicable to real the real world in terms of like race and class status and how people and
1: who's allowed to be like part of the like who's okay and who isn't you know what I mean
0: yeah and I just want to say that it's so sad that JK Rowling can write on these topics so well in children's books but her personal views on other topics um are very flawed and it's frustrating
1: yeah and I think the later books will deal more with other topics yeah but in this one it's definitely about like that either racism or, um, you know, just being prejudiced in general.
0: Yeah, and and Dobby, too, is uh, another key of that or factor because Dobby is a creature that's literally enslaved.
1: Yeah, he's literally a slave.
0: And, you know, has to be beholden to this family. And it's kind of viewed as, like, an old kind of outdated thing a bit. Like, only the old rich families like the Malfoys have like enslaved elves, but also Mm. people are like, well, what are you going to do? Like write a law, free them, you know, it's like kind of shows the, um, uh, how the world still kind of stands back and lets things happen.
1: Yeah. And so we figure out like there's this pure blood classification and then there's also this half blood classification where you have like a muggle or muggle born, um, parent, um, who might be a witch or might not be, and then a uh, pure blood other parent. And then there's also the mud blood classification or muggle born classification, where you're a witch or wizard born into a muggle family, like Hermione. And then we also find out about squibs, which yeah. are non magical folks born into pure blood families. And to me, this was a direct corollary to inbreeding mm. and how, like if you inbreed too much, you get birth defects
0: interesting and
1: how like i think jk rowling is showing that like it's actually bad to only interbreed with pure bloods that you need like the muggle blood to infuse the magical like lineage basically
0: it's funny you say that because uh we're not quite there yet but when talking later about like the um the heir of slytherin you know slytherin was a guy uh salazar slytherin was like oh only pure blood blah 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 and then I was like, "Well, shouldn't the heir of Slytherin be like some inbred idiot?
1: Who, like, yeah.
0: wouldn't even like, you know, wouldn't that be the lineage and mm-hmm. like the direction that that would go naturally? So maybe, J- yeah, maybe J.K. Rowling is addressing that with Squibs. I had I think never so. really thought of that. Mm-hmm. So maybe <laughs> I was going to say, maybe Filch is the heir of Slytherin
1: <laughs> <laughs> with no magical ability.
0: No. Also, I couldn't help but wonder: Is it mean? To make Filch, like, the caretaker of the I castle. I know,
1: I felt bad. Because,
0: like, wizards can literally just, like, enchant a broom and sweep something up. But they're like, well, maybe we should, like, hire this man. <laughs>
1: who, who can't do anything.
0: Who's, like, essentially handicapped in the wizarding world. Yeah. And have him do things that we could do with, like, the flick of a wrist. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you know, it'll be, like, a job opportunity.
1: Yeah, or maybe it was, like, he needed a job. Maybe.
0: I mean, I don't know. It just all seems like
1: (laughs) I know it is weird.
0: I almost feel like that should have been like looked into more. Maybe they do in other books and I don't remember. Yeah. But just like, are there not job opportunities for squibs in the wizarding world? Yeah. Where where is that line? I have
1: a lot of questions about jobs in the wizarding world, but we'll probably get to (laughs) that in later books. (laughs) That's
0: very valid.
1: I I, yeah. Uh, I want this to lead into a great discussion about how Ron is the standout performance in this second movie.
0: Um, Ron is so angry at Malfoy for calling Hermione a mudblood that he takes out his broken ass wand and tries to curse Malfoy. And of course, it backfires on him. Yeah. And (laughs) he ends up uh, throwing up slugs. And I just want to say. This may be the funniest thing in all the Harry Potter movies. The visuals of it, uh, Rupert Grint's performance of when he's throwing them up. And
1: his face, like the makeup is so good or however they make his face look so nauseous and sick.
0: My God, later when they're at Hagrid's hut. Yeah. The visual, even when he wasn't throwing up slugs.
1: He just just looks like he's
0: about to. (laughs) Ron clutching the bucket to him and just being pale as a ghost had me cracking up so much throughout like ian
1: was like losing his shit watching this movie it it's great. just I like
0: <laughs> the it's like the perfect visual gag almost is yeah. him just continuously throwing up these gross slugs yeah it's so great but like i think we said in the last episode that malfoy was kind of the stand-up performance of the first movie
1: he was out of
0: all the kid actors mm-hmm. he really uh just kind of stood out as being so confident. yeah, and like delivered his lines and the jokes so he was well so
1: expressive and he
0: that's still true. oh, yeah., uh, but like, I think Ron really came to his own in this one, yeah. Um,
1: between like that, this scene with the slugs, that whole like car scene with the train is yes. so good. And then later with the spiders, like Ron is just like having a moment here. <laughs> we need to recognize it. We
0: do like his scrunched up <laughs> expressions, his yeah. like squeaks, his squeaking voice when he's like nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think, and I, I think it's a problem cause like he's so good as a kid that when he got older for other movies, he couldn't be a silly. Yeah. And they didn't really know quite what to do with him almost. It's mm-hmm. so like this right now was like peak.
1: This is peak Ron. Where he
0: fit in perfectly. He got to be like this like scared, goofy, comic relief kid. Yeah. And I think um, Chris Columbus, the director, just uses him beautifully.
1: I agree. <laughs> this is great.
0: There's also another moment I just wanted to bring up in the Hagrid hot scene. And I like it. In the movie, Hagrid is the one who explains uh, the difference between purebloods and mudbloods and everything. And he's so sweet and kind towards Hermione. I know. And just telling her that she's so great. He's
1: like, don't you think on it, Hermione.
0: (sighs) I know. It's so wonderful. And it it makes us love Hagrid even more. Uh,
1: Hagrid's the best.
0: Hagrid is the best. Hashtag Hagrid is the best. (laughs) But I do like that in the book... It's Ron that kind of delivers this information while throwing up slugs. (laughs) But I appreciate it because like Ron seems very passionate about this point. Yeah. And it's very sweet because like you can tell he does care about Hermione even though they're sometimes antagonistic towards each other. Yeah. But like you can see how like he got that from his parents Mm
1: -hmm. that like
0: you know, caring about muggles and muggle-borns and, like, not yeah, seeing not those. Yeah, discriminatory. Yeah, and that he was, like, just as offended as anyone about what Malfoy said. And so I did like that, too, in the, in the book that we got that from Ron's point of view. I agree. I think it added a level of depth to his character, seeing him be passionate about something like that. Yeah. So I really liked that.
1: Mm-hmm. What are ghosts?
0: <laughs> what are ghosts? Baby, don't hurt me.
1: <laughs> What are ghosts in this world? I don't know. It's not clear to us. We get a bit in the book where Harry, Hermione, and Ron go to nearly headless Nick's uh, 500th death day celebration where there are tons of ghosts. It's a whole like the jokes about him not being able to join the headless hunt are really great. They're
0: so funny. Um,
1: but honestly, the question that I have is like what is like the afterlife slash ghost life like mm-hmm. in Hogwarts? We don't, I don't know if we ever get an explanation. Like some people are ghosts. Some people are like in portraits. Like some yeah. people don't come back clearly. Like Harry's parents, parents, like what?
0: Yeah. Like, is it the tragedy of how they died? Cause Harry's parents should have been,
1: Oh, they should have been haunting the shit out of Baltimore. <laughs> <Voldemort>, like <laughs>
0: also we were joking about like, are portraits like sentient and have like f- like emotions? Like yeah. if you burned a portrait.
1: Like would they die? W- yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: would they like melt and be screaming and it would be like would it be like awful?
1: And we have some other examples of like interesting ghosts, like the professor of like the history of magic.
0: <laughs> I love this character. Cause he's apparently like this really old man who just like Died in the uh, professor's lounge one day, but like his ghost got up and just kept teaching class. Yeah. And like people don't think he knows that he's dead
1: <laughs> or like doesn't care. Yeah. And then we have like Moaning Myrtle as well. And later on, she says something specifically about how she came back to like haunt someone. So I don't know. I don't think we have answers here. I just want to put it out there.
0: I, I agree. And I'm not sure J.K. Rowling has answers either. This is one of those things that like fits really nicely in these like early books. Yeah. Where like, I don't need explanations for things. Uh, there is a line where Dumbledore talks about for one of the parties. He wants to hire a dancing troop of skeletons. <laughs> It's just like this throwaway kind of funny line. But you're
1: like, what does this mean about yeah. the world? What
0: are sentient skeletons like? If you're hiring them, do they, like, engage in commerce? Do they have, like, a bank account? Are they people? Yeah. Like, will you see a skeleton, like, in Diagon Alley? What, is the, what are the rules here? What is going on? Yeah. Like, there's so many things like that. And I mean... I think I'm still in my head is in the movies because the movies get more serious. Yeah. Like the movies mostly lose the ghosts later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the books remain as silly and I just like don't quite remember. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure. So I'll be curious where the silly meter is. As <laughs> I these, guess we'll find As out. these books go on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that is our discussion on. What are ghosts?
1: Yeah, tell us if you know. If you, I, know, I if you know, know what a ghost is,
0: please let us know.
1: <laughs> Let's get to the meat of the story.
0: The first big not murder yes. that happens. The
1: Chamber of Secrets has been opened. Mm-hmm. Enemies of the air, beware.
0: Mrs. Norris has been petrified <laughs> and a message has been written on in blood in the movie, yeah, and in the movie, we never find out where did this blood come from. We don't. Know. Whose blood is this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not clear.
0: Although, actually, I do think I know because in the book, there's a subplot about roosters being killed. Oh, yeah, because they're deathly. They're they're deadly to the basilisk, uh-huh. and I think it was rooster blood.
1: Okay, that makes sense. Which
0: which makes sense, but because that subplot was dropped
1: in the movie, yeah.
0: Like the blood mystery <laughs> remains.
1: You're like, what? I don't understand.
0: Yeah. But uh, yeah, Mrs. Norris, the cat is found, mm-hmm. which <laughs> not to get on too many side tangents, but when I was a kid, it really confused me, I think, <gasps> the role of the cat, Mrs. Norris. Yeah. Because people in this world can just turn into animals. <laughs> and the fact that this cat is called Mrs. Norris, <laughs> I think as a kid, I always thought it was like a person. Oh, my God but I never quite understood. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're like, is this Filch's wife?
0: Yeah, I'm like, did someone hang Filch's wife from like a, yeah. a, a lamppost? I wasn't entirely clear on when I understood who Mrs. Norris was.
1: So, you know, people are getting petrified, or at least cats are, but who cares? We have to have our Quidditch match, right? Yeah,
0: it's off to Quidditch. Yes. We can worry about mysterious messages on walls later. We
1: only get one Quidditch match in this book and movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, we only get one last movie, too, though, I right? I thought there
1: were multiple.
0: Hmm. I can't quite remember. There I were feel multiple. like there's one in every movie that there is Quidditch, yeah, for the most there's part. there's at least
1: one. Um, I have some questions about this. I know we talked about Quidditch last time, but I have further questions.
0: Questions persist about Quidditch.
1: <laughs> because, so, this is the whole time where Harry is trying to catch the snitch, and the Bludger is, like, after him. hmm And in the movie... Hagrid is clearly like oh that's a rogue bludger like someone needs to like stop that but in the book this bludger is just like chasing him and trying to like murder him the entire game and at one point they like stop for a timeout and Harry's like I don't know what to do like it keeps trying to kill me and everyone's like well oh well (laughs) (laughs) and like the you know Quidditch person the referee, I guess.
0: Madam Hooch. Madam
1: Hooch is like, oh, are you ready to like start playing? And I'm like, is no one? Who is reffing this game? Yeah. Like, who is refing this game? Who is handing out the yellow cards, the red cards, <laughs> the flags, anything? Like, yeah. I don't understand.
0: It, absolutely. Because like, in the first movie, Harry's broom gets bewitched.
1: Yeah. And, and he, no like, one gives a shit.
0: No. Like, some people in the audience are like, I'll try to help. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, there's no... Um, accountability, Madam Hooch is not doing her job. No,
1: there need to be at least, like, three or four refs flying around to, like, give people penalties, you know what I mean? And there also needs to be someone that can, like, enchant the field so that certain activities are not allowed to happen. Like, murder. Like, (laughs) murder should never be allowed to happen. Like, Harry gets his arm broken, and they just keep playing. Yeah. Like, as soon as someone gets an injury of that kind, it should trigger some kind of alarm. And play stops so they can get the person out and then get, like, the alternate, which everyone should have an alternate as (laughs) well. That's true. They don't have alternates. They don't have alternates. I'm just saying, Ian, this is very upsetting for me. (laughs) I'm like, who is in charge?
0: I think it's just, it it makes it so obvious, considering the last movie or book, there was a crazy wild thing involving Harry on the Quidditch pitch.
1: And here we are again. Like, all of
0: Harry's villains and enemies should just know, like, I mean, Quidditch is fair game. Yeah, I can, you can do, do what, anything. Whatever I want to Harry during Quidditch, which now that I think about it, happens in the next book, too. I'm
1: go- <laughs> Who is in charge? Maybe this is
0: just the game of Quidditch. Maybe it's like in the rules that it's like, hey, you can do anything you want during these games, no one's gonna stop Survival you. Survival of the fittest? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, I do.
1: that's the end of my rant.
0: I do like in this Quidditch match, though, they had to be a little more inventive since the first one was just pure Quidditch. Yeah. This one, we kind of get this like Star Wars. Um,
1: Going through the trenches. Yeah, the, the, the trench run. Yeah.
0: Uh, with Malfoy and Harry with the rogue bludger following them. It
1: was good. I liked it.
0: It was. It was all very well done. It was very exciting. Uh, Harry's arm gets broken as he catches the snitch. Once again, Harry only knows how to catch a snitch if it's like this diving Hail Mary like last ditch effort, Uh, but he catches it and wins it for everyone.
1: Unfortunately, Lockhart arrives first at the scene of his injury and ends up Deboning his arm.
0: <laughs> there's a lot of gross like body horror humor yeah. in this movie, but I'm like really here for it. I think it like all works really well.
1: They there's this really like tiny great part in the movie where they're in the infirmary and Draco is like moaning on the bed. <laughs> and Madame Humphrey, the head nurse, is like, oh, get out of here, Draco. Like you're fine. And he's like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do because he would be the type I know to, like
0: as soon as he's actually injured would just like be this like big baby, baby about it
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> we do get Dobby coming back here though and being like oh yeah I did that because I was just trying to help you I wanted to like maim you not like kill you
0: <laughs> yeah we some of the answers are missed some of that we do get some answers to mysteries in the story more mysteries persist though. Yeah. And especially when Colin. Creevy. Creevy. Uh, becomes the first human victim Mm -hmm. to be petrified by the snake. Yeah. Or, I mean, um, whatever's happening. The
1: unknown monster. (laughs) The unknown
0: mystery monster is happening I was telling
1: Ian, it's really great that you all know the plot to the Harry Potter books, so we don't have to explain it, because it is a very, like, in-depth mystery book. Yeah. And we talked about this in the last episode, how the first one was also a mystery. Like, they're trying to figure out you know, what the Sorcerer's Stone is. And in this one, they're trying to figure out the Chamber of Secrets. And it's kind of cool in this one that the adults, like the professors, also don't really know.
0: Yeah, I really do. I think this one works. So first of all, like, I think the first story has to focus so much on, uh, like, creating the world, establishing, establishing characters. It's also the shortest book. So, like, the mystery is, like, much smaller, kind of. It's yeah. kind of there. This is, like hardcore murder mystery oh yeah there's a lot of clues there's a lot of red herrings yeah there's a lot of um random things kind of brought up and
1: little tiny details that end up being important later so it is cool to like read through it and to notice all those little details yeah
0: this one feels like much more um steeped in like this mystery of what's happening why is harry hearing voices Mm -hmm. um what are the spiders? What's the chamber of secrets? What, what are all these things? Yeah. And I think it's pretty effective in that way.
1: Um, going along with the theme of who is in charge, <laughs> we have the dueling club. Yes. Which meets only one time and then is disbanded forever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not due to lack of turnout, but more lack of um, supervision supervision <laughs> and enforcement. Yeah. Uh, Adina, I have to say that this scene is a momentous occasion In the Harry Potter movies. Really? Momentous. Huge. Because it is literally, as far as I have picked up on, the first time since the beginning of this series that Harry casts a spell with his wand.
1: Oh, yeah. Because we talked about that in the last episode, how Harry doesn't cast a single spell in in the the entire entire movie. movie. Not in the books, in the movie.
0: He doesn't cast a single spell. (sighs) And as far as I could tell, up until this point... In the movie, he has still not cast a single spell. Wow. And it's only in this moment when he's facing off against uh, Draco that Mm -hmm. he finally casts a spell. Yeah. He finally succeeds, Adina.
1: Wow. That is momentous. It only
0: took an entire movie and And a a half. half. (laughs)
1: Like,
0: I don't know, two and a half hours apiece and like four hours, (laughs) one and a half years of wizarding school. (laughs) While everyone else is casting spells around him, Harry finally does it. like, I'm good, honestly. (laughs) I don't need it. I have my broom. Well,
1: and Harry doesn't really do any other spell besides this one, so.
0: (laughs) He casts, there's one other I can account for when he levitates the cupcakes. Oh, yeah. uh, Because Ron's wand is broken, so he does that. Because I wrote down, I was like,
1: he did it again! I was, like, so
0: happy for him. I was just
1: talking about how, like, He notoriously only does Expelliarmus like the whole series. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't
0: need. He doesn't need a lot. He's like,
1: I got this. I'm good. It's
0: like just having a taser. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like You don't really need any other weapons as long as you're quick on the taser. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, this is supposed to be a learning exercise for all the students at Hogwarts. And
1: it just immediately devolves into chaos. We do find out, though, about Harry's parcel tongue abilities, which explains the earlier episode in the first book where he talks to the snake. Yeah. So Harry can talk to snakes. Ah, yes, yes.
0: (laughs) It's always the same thing, Adina. Yeah. It's always like the same phrase repeated. Yeah. Snakes only know how to say, like, I'm a snake. (laughs) (gasps)
1: <gasps> i am a snake
0: the, like the, the snake's like i'm a snake and harry's like i'm a snake and the, the <laughs> snake's like snake <laughs> and then it goes away that's all they're saying <laughs> uh but yeah so now everyone thinks that harry harry is the heir of slytherin
1: yes this is the first instance and in, i feel like what happens in many books where everyone's like suspicious of harry yeah and it's very annoying because i feel like every book harry proves himself and then every book The students are still like, hmm, I don't know about that Harry, though.
0: (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, though, Harry doesn't have a single year that goes by when he's not like involved in in something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So people are like, I just I don't know if he's like good or bad this time. There's just something
1: weird about him. Yeah,
0: he's definitely in on something.
1: (laughs) We get another attack now with Justin and also nearly headless Nick, which begs the question of how there's expecting to revive the ghosts I don't know
0: no they never, they explain, never explain how it. they revive Nearly Headless Nick yeah because like there is a joke in the, the feast scene or his death day party where the ghosts pass through food yeah to like kind of eat it and they're like so
1: maybe they just waft a mandrake wa- through him <laughs> <laughs> yeah they just kind of
0: like pass it through him multiple times I don't know
1: yeah Harry does go to Dumbledore's office because he's found at the scene of the crime again <laughs>
0: And what is he found doing, Adina?
1: In the movie, at least, he likes to touch the hands of the petrified (laughs) victims. He's
0: just like, I just want to know the touch of another person.
1: The touch of like a corpse. Anyway, moving on. He goes to Dumbledore's office and Dumbledore gives him the chance to explain, which Harry does not take, which I feel like is foreshadowing... For later books, when Harry just decides not to ask anyone for help ever, he's fine. He's
0: got to do it on his own. But
1: we do get a really great scene in both the book and the movie where Hagrid comes to defend Harry and is like, It wasn't him! I swear it on my life! I promise! Like, I know I was with him and, like, this thing, so... I know.
0: Hagrid is, like, always there for Harry. Yeah. He's, like, so supportive of Harry. It would be, like, really shitty if, like, Harry, like... Randomly suspected that yeah I don't know maybe Hagrid is like a murderer and he just believes it.
1: Yeah, uh, exactly. That would
0: suck if if Harry just like doubted Hagrid for even a moment.
1: And we're almost there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, But first we have to talk about the polyjuice potion.
1: Yeah. And this is Hermione at her most like chaotic, I feel like. (laughs) It is. Because she's just like, yes, um, we're going to make a potion. Um, And yes, I'm going to have to steal ingredients from Snape's cupboard. (laughs) And yes, you're going to have to knock out your uh, culprits and then steal some of their hair to put into the the potion.
0: She got a taste of the anarchy life last year. And she's like, I want more. She's going hard. She's like, I need more chaos.
1: <laughs> she's like a
0: loose cannon cop on the edge.
1: Exactly. She's
0: got to solve the mystery no matter what. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, this is kind of like, she's like, it's our only idea. And, and I'm like,
1: mm, I think you could all come up with better ideas, <laughs> honestly.
0: Uh, But they brew the polyjuice potion in the bathroom, the abandoned bathroom where Moaning Myrtle yeah. haunts. And they, <laughs> so in the movie, well, I should say in the book, They, Harry and Ron, um, knock out Crabbe and Goyle. Yeah. They give them a... Drugged. An enchanted (laughs) cupcake. It's mad. It's got a potion in it. They
1: got Rufy. It's not (laughs) Rufy's Adina, because it's
0: magic. And in the movie, they're required to put them in a room closet and take their clothes. Yeah. I'm like, this is really... Weird. Yeah. Like <laughs> date rapey, like crossing a line.
1: Definitely. They're
0: like, but they suck though. So, like, we can do this to them.
1: Unfortunately, it goes very wrong for Hermione and she turns into a cat. Yes. But Harry and Ron are able to transform into Crab and Goyle. And honestly, like, the movie scene with this is so funny. It's so well Mostly done. Mostly just because of. Uh, Draco. Yeah, but also I think it's it's cool to see Crab and Goyle like these actors actually try to portray. I was going to
0: say their performance I think is like really solid, like yeah. them pretending to be Harry, poorly pretending to be Crab. Yeah, or Goyle. I forget who's who. Mm-hmm. And and Draco just being Draco is also excellent.
1: The best line in the whole movie, and yes, is when the whoever Harry is playing. Says something like, oh, why are you wearing glasses? And he's like, oh, I was just like reading. And Drake was like, I didn't know you could read. (laughs) (laughs) And just like a. Hmm.
0: (laughs) So I read the Sedina and I don't know if I can believe it or not. Yeah. They claim that Tom Felton improvised that line that he had. I believe it. That he forgot his. I don't know if I believe it only because like the setup of why are you wearing glasses? Yeah. I don't know where else that could have gone. And that's yeah, like such that's a perfect true. execution. But I also do believe Tom Felton is like talented enough to have come up with something like that. Yeah. I kind of want to believe that he.
1: I want to believe it too. Because it's <laughs> such a weird line. And you're like, do wizards not know how to read? Like.
0: <laughs> and then like, not only are you dumb, but he's like been getting through school this entire time reading. Yeah. Or without reading. Yeah. It's it's so funny. <laughs> Uh, but they do find out through talking to Malfoy that he is not the heir of Slytherin, as mm-hmm. they suspected.
1: But he does imply that his father knows about it.
0: Yeah. Around this time, Harry discovers a uh, blank diary that was discarded through very odd <laughs> means and is like, yeah, OK. This
1: seems normal. I should <laughs> trust it.
0: <laughs> uh For some reason in the movie, Harry just decides to, like, write in it. He's like, I am Harry Potter.
1: (laughs) In the book, there's a little more of an explanation why he thinks it might be, like, magical or something.
0: Yeah, which I I enjoyed in the the book. I thought that was well written. In the movie, he's just like,
1: yeah, let's just give this a shot. (laughs) Yeah. We get this flashback scene where the diary tells him about what happened when the Chamber of Secrets was opened 50 years ago. So, you know, Tom Riddle is there. He shows us that Hagrid may be responsible.
0: Yes. uh, And that we we also see in the movie young Dumbledore. Is
1: he though? (laughs) Is he really 50 years younger? He does not look 50 years younger. I
0: don't think so. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But there was a great little moment that I only picked up for the first time. I feel like. Most of the times we watch these movies, they're on, like, um, Freeform. Yeah. uh, Formerly known as uh, ABC ABC Family. Family. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So sometimes I don't actually pick up a lot of the nuances because they're more in the background. But I did like the moment where uh, Tom Riddle is talking to Dumbledore. Dumbledore asks, is there something he wanted to tell him? And he says, no, sir, or whatever it is. And it perfectly reflects when Harry decides not to tell Dumbledore something beforehand. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, like, really subtly done.
1: Well, and it's a reference in the book, too. Oh, is it? Yeah, because Harry remarks that, like, the way he says no is the way that he himself said no. Like, he recognizes it.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He makes Mm -hmm. that same connection. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I I really like that where, like, you don't have to see that specifically to like understand no. anything but like it's a nice little moment where when you do pick up on it it feels rewarding it does yeah so he so sees this <laughs> and now thinks Hagrid is like a murderer I
1: know like we were just mentioning why would he ever think that Her- that Hagrid would do something like this
0: I think the explanation in the book makes sense yeah they're like if Hagrid thought there was a creature in there he may have opened it In the first place. Yeah. Although how he would be the heir of Slytherin, I don't know how they thought that. Yeah. But they were like, I don't think he opened it this time, but maybe he knows who did. Mm -hmm. So it's like a little bit more like, oh, we believe in the movie's just like.
1: It's Hagrid. I think Hagrid killed someone. (laughs) (laughs) And also around this time, Hermione is petrified.
0: Yes, Hermione um, is discovered with a hand mirror petrified in the hallways. Mm-hmm. And this is a kind of a, a small gripe I have with the story in that the book and movie seem overly reassuring immediately ever since the uh mrs norris was petrified yeah th- these people will be brought back
1: yeah with the mandrakes with
0: the mandrakes it's like we have mandrakes we just have to wait until they're mature mm-hmm. um but so it just kind of like takes some of the stakes away like yeah. all these be- people are being petrified which is like yeah terrifying and we do know that someone died the last time the chamber was open But in terms of like... Well,
1: we don't find out until way later that you could actually die from this monster. Exactly. And not just get petrified. It
0: seems like at this point, like, the the worst thing that can happen is you're petrified. Yeah. In which case, it's like, well... I'm just going to miss an entire year of school, which, by the way, <laughs> did Colin get held back in school? I,
1: the exams are canceled, Ian, so no one got held back. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Nothing in this school matters. Yeah. But, like,
1: Colin missed, like,
0: the whole year almost. Yeah. He got petrified, like...
1: Way at the beginning.
0: Yeah, before Christmas.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Maybe someone, like, read him the notes from class every day.
1: I, I don't know. <laughs> My gripe with this is that I'm really annoyed that this takes Hermione out of commission for the rest of the story yeah so
0: this is interesting too because like i think if i i don't know i don't remember feeling this way when i was a kid but also i was a kid and like what the fuck did i know yeah but um this book is definitely like harry and ron
1: yeah in
0: the final act mm-hmm. and i i know that the next book and movie are harry and hermione
1: yeah
0: in the final So, like, for me, like, they each get...
1: I guess so. I I was just annoyed because Hermione is clearly the most valuable member of the team.
0: Yeah. She certainly brings the most to the table. (laughs) And
1: they're like, oh, too bad. Hermione's out of commission. And then she ends up helping them anyway and, like, solving it for them anyway. And so I'm like, the least you could do is have her get some fucking credit and be there for it.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, they do are like we couldn't have done it without you like quite literally like they do give her credit i'd say but i agree like it is sad to see her like out of commission in this final like confrontation but for me it's at least like made up for in the next story when hermione like plays a much more active role in the finale and that's true and uh ron is like taking a back seat Mm -hmm. but i could imagine if i was reading this for the first time I would probably be like, what the hell? Like, come on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Hermione gets... Um, gets uh, Petrified. Petrified. <laughs> and...
1: <laughs> then they're like, oh, we should confront Hagrid. And that's when this whole scene happens. Um, when Hagrid is taken to Azkaban, Dumbledore is suspended as headmaster. It's all kinds of chaos.
0: I think in terms of world building, this scene... Hurts A little bit really well it's weird because this is our first introduction to Cornelius Fudge right the yes. uh, minister of magic. minister of magic and like he's like the fucking president of like wizards in the UK right. Yeah. Like he's like the most prominent figure politically. Mhm. And so for his introduction to be showing up at Hagrid's hut
1: to arrest to him. To arrest
0: him and be like, "Uh, oh, you'd think they'd find someone like, <laughs> you know, uh more suitable for this. They wouldn't yeah. just send fucking wizard the president. the president of wizards here to like, you know, take a groundskeeper to prison." That's true. So it feels like weirdly like 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 making his role feel a lot less significant
1: i agree that's a good point it's
0: kind of weird in that way to introduce him Mm -hmm. like i think he should have been like i and i don't know maybe i'm like there isn't anyone above him right no okay i didn't think so (laughs) (laughs) so yeah introducing him in this way feels like very strange
1: yeah that's a good point Mm -hmm. i agree with you i'm glad you agree it is weird
0: uh, also <laughs> I do love, it's, it's funny that like both Dumbledore and Hagrid as they're walking out of the hut,
1: yeah, like no Harry's
0: there. So and they're
1: like talking to the air. They give
0: like vague, um, if warnings. If anyone wants to
1: find out some stuff.
0: <laughs> and Cornelius Fudge is like, is there like a gas leak in here? Like what the fuck is everyone doing? <laughs> uh, but this leads Harry and Ron to follow the spiders. They're on a
1: quest into the forbidden forest. And let me just say that this trek into the forbidden forest makes so much more sense than last books uh trek into the forbidden forest when they were on detention. <laughs>
0: oh my god, I know. <laughs> I listened to our old episode and was reminded of how absurd <laughs> that entire thing is.
1: But this makes more sense. They're trying to find answers. They're going rogue. Hagrid's Gone. They don't have anyone to protect. Dumbledore's gone. Yeah. So they're yeah. really kind of going rogue. They have no one else to really help them. Um, Of course, this is like a very terrifying scene in the movie, and I still found it very frightening. As someone who does not like spiders, it was oh, it it's was so gross. Cr- oh my god.
0: I read that Rupert Grint actually does genuinely have arachnophobia, uh, and he has like not been able to like watch this scene. Oh my
1: god, the the part. Where the spider is actually like latched onto him in the car. Oh.
0: Yeah, I read he like wasn't acting at all in oh that my God, scene. Like he it's was genuinely so like
1: terrifying. <laughs> we find out info from Aragog, which is cool. Um, and I love that in the book there's this detail about how Haggard actually finds Aragog a wife. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's like, Oh, I don't want Aragog to be lonely. I'll get him a spider wife. And then they can fucking have like a shit ton of like huge spiders. They can just
0: infest the woods yeah. with like dog-sized spiders. And they spiders. clearly eat
1: people. This is fine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this is like Hagrid like <laughs> kind of being dumb and not thinking. Like Hagrid like basically yeah. sends Harry and Ron to their deaths. I know. But I do like in the book that Ron says like that's Hagrid's ultimate flaw yeah. is that he um doesn't see monsters as being monsters or even
1: being dangerous
0: exactly that he like sees the best in them and it's like his greatest um weakness attribute and weakness Mm -hmm. is like this like kind of um trustingness that he has yeah so i did like that line it kind of did you're like you know what that's true that is like just a flaw of hagrid in general yeah you're
1: like hagrid is not being the best in this moment but i still want to believe the best of him i
0: still appreciate it yes i also want to say that like this is another moment where the movie kind of improves on the book slightly Mm -hmm. for some reason in the book i don't understand why they come across the car First.
1: first Yeah. And
0: then get taken by the spiders, and then the car comes to save them. Yeah. When it's much more impactful in the movie for the when, car to just show up. Yeah, like you had forgotten about it, mm-hmm. like it wasn't, you know, on your mind at all, and then suddenly just shows up to save them. And, and it's it was like so
1: cool. the car. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and then it's a great chase scene with the spiders and the car. Once again, the movie heightening one of those scenes really well. Ugh. Also, can I just say I want a side book? Uh, What was the car doing all year?
1: I know. Is the car living its best life in the forest? Does
0: it have a car wife? (laughs) You know? Yeah. Like, what's it doing? Is it friends with the centaurs? Yeah. Like, I really just want this car. Also, I'm curious because I don't remember. I weirdly don't remember a lot about later books. Yeah. Even though I, like, technically read them more recently. But, like, I'm like, does the car come back? I can't remember. I kind of really hope it does.
1: I don't remember it coming back, but I could be wrong.
0: Because I think that'd be so cool. In like book six, they're in the woods or something, and suddenly the car returns, and it's even more shitty. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the car drops them off back at school, and then just drives back into the woods, which is just excellent.
1: It's perfect.
0: Uh, so now they know Hagrid is innocent. Mm-hmm. He did not open the Chamber of Secrets. He just loves him some spiders.
1: Yes. And this is where we get a clue from Hermione, who is, even though she's out of commission, she's still driving the plot of a story because she knows more than everyone, where they find the piece of paper mm-hmm. that she has about the basilisk.
0: Because Harry just keeps touching the hands <laughs> of petrified people.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: he's just like, let me touch your hand. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they find out it's a basilisk, and it's going through the pipes. And Harry also realizes that the girl who died last year in a bathroom is moaning Myrtle. Mm-hmm. And also around this time, Ginny Weasley is kidnapped kidnapped by the uh, whoever has opened the Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. So now we're gearing up for the final act.
1: Mm -hmm. Harry
0: and Ron ignoring any common any like logic of telling a teacher who isn't Lockhart? Yeah. Uh, well, look,
1: let's get Lockhart to help us. Yeah,
0: sure. Why not? Like he's <laughs> as good as any, right? Uh, this is where we discover Lockhart's secret—that mm-hmm. he is a fraud. Bum, bum, bum. Yes. And he was trying to escape. <laughs> Which, by the way, when the teachers were like, now's your chance, Lockhart. I love that part. I do too. Because they're,
1: like, <laughs> they're clearly like just messing with him. They're just like, fucking Like even with in him. this time of crisis, they have time to fuck with Lockhart. Because <laughs> it brings them joy man.
0: It does. They just <laughs> like, they need like to vent a little bit in this, you know, very difficult time. Yeah. So they might as well fuck with Lockhart a bit. Yeah. Uh, and so Harry and Ron discover him trying to leave. So they kidnap him.
1: Yes. And take
0: him to... The Chamber of Secrets, which is in the girls' bathroom.
1: Yes. Which is great. And Salazar Slytherin clearly was masterminding that whole plot to put it in a girls' bathroom. I don't know. (laughs) What's the... I don't know.
0: Is he just like, I'm a boy, so they'll never suspect (laughs) the girls' bathroom. I don't know. And I mean, it kind of... It is like really ingenious kind of that like such a weird random yeah kind of you know it's not like the great hall it's not like even yeah. a hallway it's like the girl's one bathroom mm-hmm. that has a like a shitty faucet you know yeah um was kind of genius and especially in the movie the set design yeah. of the circular sinks is super and cool and it like coming open yeah i mm-hmm. loved that they uh, go down
1: a slimy pipe Mm -hmm. and end up in this tunnel area and they're moving through it when lockhart tries to disarm ron grabs his wand and memory charm them only for ron's wand to strike again and (laughs) backfire the spell onto lockhart
0: um completely wiping lockhart's memories and this is just (laughs) such a funny yeah i don't know there's so many great setups and payoffs in these books and in the movies, like, Ron's wand being broken all year yeah. and it backfiring him, on him. And then that being the wand that Lockhart takes, like, mm-hmm. there's just so many... Funny, great payoffs. Setups and payoffs. Yeah, things that just seem like an ongoing joke, but then actually, like, factor into the plot. Definitely. Really well done. Um, But Harry gets blocked off from them and has to trek on alone Mm -hmm. when he gets to the the actual door to the chamber. Of snakes. The the
1: door of snakes. (laughs) Behind another door of snakes. Behind another door of snakes. Where there's
0: more. (laughs) Um, For something called the Chamber of Secrets. There's not a lot in there. No. Surprise, the secret is snakes. Yeah.
1: I would <laughs> expect there to be like other things in there, like maybe treasure. It's almost like the or r- dark art books or something. It's almost like
0: the room of re- requirements. Yeah. From the fifth book. That seems like more of like what you'd find in the Chamber of Secrets, yeah. just like an endless supply of...
1: Like, interesting stuff.
0: Yeah, not Salazar Slytherin's man cave, Yeah, which he's just decked out with snake it's statues. It's just like a
1: sewer with snake statues, and <laughs> you, then one real snake. He's
0: just like, more snakes. <laughs> I want more snakes. <laughs> Put a line of them yes. down the hallway.
1: More snakes.
0: And then a big statue of me, but surprise, a snake comes out of my mouth.
1: Yeah. <laughs> This is where we meet Tom Riddle, who has come out of the diary in a physical form. Ginny is almost dead on the ground, and we get the reveal that Tom Riddle is actually Voldemort.
0: Yeah, because he writes his name in the air and then rearranges the letters yeah. to spell out his entire name.
1: How, how long do you think he worked on that anagram? <laughs> <It> was- <laughs> So I was trying
0: in my head to think of like, what would be like an earlier yeah. version of this name that like wasn't quite as good? Because I mean, it's funny how you have to say I am yeah. Lord Voldemort for it to Not be like a Lord true Voldemort. anagram. Yeah. And I pictured him like in school telling his like other friends, he's like, hey guys, listen, I came up with this really cool name, uh, or I'm going to be called Lord Voldemort, <laughs> except for it to be an anagram, you have to say, it's a me, Lord Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> No, not working. I should be okay. I'll, I'll,
1: I'll rearrange it. I'll keep workshopping it. <laughs> I love it.
0: Which, by the way, I worked really hard <gasps> I, to try to make that an actual anagram, and it is, except for the letter S.
1: Nice.
0: The S isn't in.
1: So it a me.
0: It a me. <laughs> Lord Voldemort. Uh, is the actual anagram.
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: It's a me. You have to say it with an Italian accent. But it a me. It to me. <laughs> but it is really like silly when you actually think about it, it is. But, like that's how he came up with his name it
1: is very <laughs> silly it seems like something a teenager would do when
0: you're a kid and you read that shit you're like
1: what i know
0: um but then later you're like uh, uh. Uh, all right this is some <laughs> emo kid i
1: know <laughs> <laughs> he lets loose the snake though and this becomes another one of these movie action scenes that really like expands on what's in the book um because the book scene is very short
0: it is and the I do want to say I don't know if I am more um, forgiving of the movie because I've seen it so many times that like it's not surprising or but like when reading it in the book, it's like. Oh, okay, Tom Riddle, and now here's the basilisk. Now Fox the Phoenix flies in. He drops the hat. Yeah. It's the hat. What's the hat for? The hat has a sword in it. What is the sword? I don't know, but Harry's going to stab the snake with it. <laughs> yeah. But now Harry, like, a lot of stuff it's very quick. is thrown at you very fast in this finale.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but Harry does stab a snake through the head. <laughs> Uh, Which is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. And it's very swashbuckling, which is fun, especially in the movie. Oh, yeah. Like when he's on top of the statue and just like slashing at the snake. Mm -hmm. and
1: And the scene where he's in the pipes and the snake is blinded by Fox already. And it's like listening for him and he has to throw the rock. Yeah. I felt like the close-ups of the snake reminded me a lot of Jurassic Park.
0: Yeah. In terms
1: of, like, the teeth and, like, the snout, like, snake Like, the velociraptor
0: scene. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It was, like, very reminiscent of that. And also, the special effects on
1: the snake. Oh, they were great.
0: Top-notch. Like, and how they went back and forth between, like, an animatronic snake head and, like, the CGI snake. Like, it all looked really well done. It
1: did. So this really becomes... An action set piece that goes on for a while. It's very suspenseful, it's exciting. Whereas in the book, it's just kind of like, and then the snake, and then the snake is blinded, and then he has the sword, and then he kills it.
0: I also want to say we've never talked about the music no. in the movie, but like, for, I don't know why I specifically remember this music when he enters the chamber and runs up to Ginny. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like this da 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 Like, it gets, keeps getting, like, tweaked as the movies go to be more bleak.
1: Yeah. They're like, okay,
0: now it's all minor chords, and now it's played on a broken piano, and now (laughs) it's just like... (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, like, the the foundation of it is so good. Definitely. Can I also say that... (laughs) I didn't think about this much until I read the book... But my God, Fox the Phoenix does fucking everything. Oh, yeah. In this finale. I
1: mean, Harry kills the snake, though.
0: True. But Fox the Phoenix, first of all, flies in and gives Harry the sword. Yeah. And then pecks out the eyes of the basilisk. Yes. And then after Harry is stabbed with the fang... Uh, cries on him and cures him. Yeah. And then in the book, there's even another moment where Fox grabs the diary. And brings it to
1: him. So he can stab it. Jesus
0: Christ. Okay, here's the diary. There's the thing. Yeah, this
1: is what you need to do.
0: Okay. And then he has to fly them all out of the... That's true. Like, Fox, like, literally almost does everything. He does. Like, not to diminish... What Harry does.
1: Because he's like 12 and he stabs a snake through the mouth. Yeah. No. <laughs> he,
0: he still does a lot. A huge ass snake. He does. And he still, you know, it's still really cool and I still enjoy it. But in the book, that extra moment where Fox brings him the diary. I know. Like, boy, this this bird really kind of does everything, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs>
0: um, But yeah. So he kills the snake. He stabs the diary.
1: Saves Ginny. Tom
0: Riddle is gone. Ginny. Uh... You do feel so bad for Jenny. I know, though, because like she
1: has such a such a small role
0: mm-hmm. in
1: this story. For her to be such an integral part of it, I don't know how I feel about that.
0: I I do feel like in the book you get, even though she's not active in it in the story a lot, like you do really kind of get a sense of like her being this kind of girl who's like longing for Harry, and you feel bad for her in that yeah. way. Yeah,
1: but she also, doesn't like have any lines really
0: no it's she's more just kind of a plot device in this story yeah and also let's be honest she just gets like catfished by lord Voldemort. (laughs) like via the diary i know
1: and i feel so bad (laughs) i
0: do too because like in the book he's like especially mean he's like i had to listen to like this teenage girl blab about how much she likes you yeah like
1: stop i know (laughs) Stop. no one asked you to be a diary (laughs) stop
0: slamming on her when she's like gonna die in a minute yeah um so yeah i'll be curious obviously Ginny. Ginny's role in this book continues to be more prominent as it goes and I'll be curious like how that's handled Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
0: but I do just feel like super bad for her in this story I
1: do too we get a bit of a wrap up in Dumbledore's office where Harry finally tells everybody what happened and um, in the book there's a lot of other people there McGonagall the Weasleys are there because they're Mm -hmm. worried about Ginny etc also
0: Harry's just drenched in blood in the book
1: oh my god (laughs) Also, in the movie, he just straight up is holding the Gryffindor sword, the bloody Gryffindor sword, by, like, the blade.
0: He's going to get some weird magical snake disease. I'm like, for- is this
1: supposed to be, like, an extra sharp sword? Like, he's just like, yeah, I'm going to hold it by the blade. <laughs> it's like, Harry,
0: you just killed an enormous monster with that. Don't you even know how to hold it, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, But this is where Harry talks to Dumbledore, and he's like, hey, I'm really worried because, like... I'm super like Voldemort in a yeah, lot of ways. Yeah. And and I think Dumbledore does a lot to be like, no, you chose Gryffindor. That's why you're in Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. We kind of get little hints about future things that like Voldemort's powers or some of them went into Harry. Yeah. Um, I think it all does this really well where you're not left Feeling like you don't have enough info. Yeah. But it does lay the groundwork. Yeah. yeah. For a lot of future stuff. Yeah. So I think it's all really done well.
1: Mm-hmm. We get Malfoy coming in. Oh, yes. With Dobby and the uh, huge implication that Malfoy was the one that planted the diary in Ginny's Um, possession and uh, that he wanted to do this to possibly like bring down the Weasley family specifically. Yeah
0: that was interesting like an interesting addition in the book to hear that I'm like oh huh which by the way the movie I love it they do such a great job of showing you that he does put the book in Ginny's cauldron Mm because we see the shot of him taking one book out looking at it and when he putting two in and it's just like so obvious yet so subtle like when you're not looking for it like it's not apparent at all but I really appreciate them laying that like showing you putting it right in front of your face so when you go back you're like no shit
1: definitely we
0: get the a big feast because everyone has been unpetrified yeah and Dumbledore calls off all final exams (laughs) and is this where we get into our recurring segment we've established Dumbledore's dick moves yes Because, I mean, they're in a school and Dumbledore's just like, no exams.
1: Yeah, it's fine. I mean, there were students that were like not present for like the entire term because they were petrified.
0: That's fair. But to drag, is this like they're no child left behind? Like We're (laughs) going to drag everyone else back.
1: Yeah, it is weird. (laughs) Because
0: there's this whole speech in the book that McGonagall gives because everyone's like, we still have final exams coming up. And she's like. Dumbledore specifically wanted the school to be run as if you were still here, like you guys are here for an education, like if yeah. we're to stay open. She gives this whole explanation as to why it's important to still take the exams, and then Dumbledore comes back. He's
1: like, exams are canceled, school's out, bitches!
0: <laughs> Boy, McGonagall's a real prude, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, and just this continuing idea that, like, Dumbledore is, like,
1: secretly still in control of everything. One, two, he, like, implies that, like, Fox wouldn't have come to, like, help Harry if Harry hadn't have, like, said nice things about Dumbledore <laughs> in the Chamber of Secrets first. Yeah, And he you're does. like, would he have come to help him if he hadn't said that Dumbledore was the greatest wizard of all time? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm wondering. No,
0: abs- yeah, it, it's really funny that that was, like, the criteria yeah. that saved Harry's life.
1: Oh, and Dobby is freed, of course.
0: Yes. uh, I thought this was really well played out in the uh, movie, How Harry Hid the Sock in the Book.
1: Yeah, in the book, he hides the book in the sock? Oh no! Doesn't he just
0: throw the sock at Malfoy? Yeah.
1: No, he like puts the book in his like stuffs it in his sock. Oh, does he? Yeah, and then like hands it all to him, and he's like, "Ugh, get oh, this I, away I from like me." Oh, I like
0: misread that. I thought he just like <laughs> I thought he just took his sweaty sock and threw it, threw at, it at Malfoy. Malfoy. <laughs> he's like, "Here's go, <laughs> here's nothing," and then like by the off chance, like Dobby catches it. Yeah. Like a bouquet at a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Dobby's free, and this is like. Such a really touching moment. It is because Dobby uh, has gets,
1: clearly been miserable for a yeah, long
0: time. and gets to just and has no problem immediately turning on. Oh yeah, uh, Lucius. Yeah, and like knocking him back on his ass, which is great. It is. In the book, he throws him down a whole flight of steps. <laughs> I love
1: it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the feast and everything. Mm-hmm. And... The
1: movie has these great moments where Hermione runs back in. Oh, yeah. And because she was petrified and they're so happy to see her. And then Hagrid comes in because mm-hmm. he's back from Azkaban and everyone cheers for him.
0: I know. And I'm
1: like, yes! I love this. I do
0: too. Like, Hagrid's so great. Do you think it's weird? Like, I feel like... Hagrid was very prominent in the first book. Yeah. And he's still around in the second.
1: He's less prominent though, I agree. He's less
0: prominent though until he becomes like an integral part of the plot. Yeah. And then he's like, whoa, it's Hagrid. And then when he comes back at the end, like, yeah, it's great that he's back. But it feels weird Mm -hmm. in a way because, like, he was only significant when he was, like...
1: Suspected.
0: Suspected of being a killer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone's like, yeah, you're not a killer.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is weird.
0: (laughs) It's a little odd. Uh, But then that basically closes us out.
1: Yeah. That's it.
0: It is it. And now it's time for the age-old question that I have not thought about (laughs) at all. But So I will hand off to you, Adina... What do you like better, the book or the movie?
1: You know, I actually am kind of torn.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: I'm really torn because uh, we talked about in the last episode how the first movie is good, but it kind of drags. Even though the second movie is just as long.
0: Actually, I haven't double checked this, but I read that this is the longest movie in the entire series.
1: It doesn't seem long at all.
0: It doesn't. It like, has. It
1: goes by so fast. It
0: has a really good pace. Yeah. And especially like the build up to the climax of this one. Yeah. Like you feel really carried into it. Hmm. Um. Yeah. This one's executed really, really well. Like out of the first two, this one I think is better than the first movie, probably.
1: Yeah, and I don't know what it was when I was reading the book, but I felt like less interested in it. Hmm. I wasn't as excited to read it.
0: Yeah, and and maybe that's like. I mean, when it's a a mystery plot and you know the solution, Mm -hmm. does that detract from reading it? Well, and
1: I was really like, every time I read the first one, I'm always like, oh, it's so magical. And then I have favorites later on, but I feel like there's always a lot that I'm excited about when I'm reading it. For this one, I didn't really feel that at all. Well, I think,
0: honestly, a big part of that is it is... The mystery is almost everything in this story. Yeah. Like, you do find out a little bit more about, like, the prejudice in this world. There is some world building like that. But Harry doesn't really go through any kind of an arc. That's true. Um, There's kind of, like, no... Like, in the next story, like, it's much more hinged around Harry's, like, past and, like... That's true. Other figures in his life. So you do have that emotional drive. Mm-hmm. This is more just him being, like, Detective Harry. Yeah. And, like... There's a lot of mystery
1: elements. There's and, gags and funny bits. Oh, but, yeah. yeah.
0: But like a lot of red herrings and stuff. And like, I don't know, it all, even though I think it's a really well told mystery. Definitely. It's still primarily almost exclusively that. Yeah. So I think it when you do know what's going on, it is a little bit like
1: less exciting.
0: Yeah. Or less engaging, perhaps.
1: I think I'm going to say the movie. I
0: Kind of agree, actually. Which is
1: crazy. I didn't think I would do this with the Harry Potter books. <laughs> I mean, I thought I might, but I don't know. I think when I look back on the books that I'd read, the second one is like the least memorable for me. Mm-hmm. There's probably one that I dislike more, and yeah. I'll leave that up to you to determine which one you think that's going to be. But I think this one is the least memorable and most easily forgettable for me. And I really did love watching the movie. It was very enjoyable. So I'm going to have to say movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, in this movie, the humor is so spot on. Um, There's just, I don't know, the action's really well done. The sets are great. Like I said, the physicality of everything, the performance is top notch. Um, You know, like we said, these early, these first two movies specifically kind of get forgotten, I think, sometimes. Yeah. But in terms of just like well-rounded you know, family quote-unquote movies um, that have a lot of action and excitement and, you know, gags and stuff. Like, they're just really paced perfectly. The tone is right.
1: This one, even more than the first one, I think.
0: Oh, yeah. And and the performances, like, Harry got better Mm -hmm. and Hermione, like, everyone kind of, like, you know, stepped it up a little bit in terms of performing. They stepped it up. They really just like, you know, cruised through that first one. Those like eleven year old actors. <laughs> no, they got like they got a lot better. Yeah. Um Yeah, I I, I think we've we've talked myself into saying the movie as well.
1: <laughs> All right. It's gotta be a movie then. It's a movie. Don't come don't come for us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's do a lightning round. Lightning. So First thing, uh, Moaning Myrtle, I told you that. So this was me just repeating what I kind of knew that she was really old, actually, (laughs) when she played this role. Uh And I was like, I think she was like probably like 30. Oh, my God. She was 37 (gasps) playing Moaning Myrtle. In
1: pigtails and glasses. In
0: pigtails and glasses. Oh,
1: my God. Why? Why couldn't they find a child actor?
0: I have no clue. And plus she returns later in in the fourth one. To be
1: even older. To be even older.
0: (laughs) Isn't that nuts?
1: Yeah, I don't understand why they would do that.
0: I don't. But also it's weird how you don't notice at all. No. Like not even a little. Mm -mm. Maybe it's the ghostness. Maybe. Maybe You don't get like a
1: good look at her face. Yeah.
0: I'm going to attribute it to that, but I don't know. But that's bananas. (laughs) That is
1: bananas. Okay, so I want to talk about the Mandrakes for a little bit because we're led to believe in the book that they are fully sentient. (laughs) Yeah. So they're born, they're like babies in the beginning. And then later they talk about them getting older and like getting acne and then also throwing parties (laughs) in the garden shed. And then like... They're going to start, like, they're being all secretive and they might move into each other's pots, which, like, implies that they might have, like, romantic relationships. And I'm just, like, and they're just talking about murdering them, like, so callously and, like they seem like they're real like humans having feelings i know and i'm like why
0: hashtag save the mandrakes
1: and then i also wanted to mention the mandrakes again in the movie there's that great scene where they're in herbology class and they're pulling up the mandrakes with their ear on and we get a great part where neville passes out and <laughs> professor sprout is like oh just leave him there <laughs> And then a part where Draco puts his finger in the Mandrake's mouth (laughs) and it, like, bites down on it. So funny.
0: It's funny because uh, they have every single class with Slytherin. Yeah. And I think it's solely so that they can have Draco Draco. in, like... Because we got so many good reaction shots from him in different classes (laughs) that I think they are just like, we need Draco, like, in every classroom scene. And I agree. That we can have him in. Uh, I wanted to talk about how... Um, Hogwarts does a terrible job of scrubbing terrible figures from its past out of its. Oh,
1: my God. um, History.
0: (laughs) So first, most obvious one that's like in the movie, too, is that one of the four founders of Hogwarts, Salazar Slytherin, was like a uh, wizard racist in terms of like, I only think purebloods should be allowed to be taught at this school. And everyone's like, "Mm, dude, stop talking. And he's like, nope. Uh, And he just like held on to those beliefs. And it's, like, still well-known. And they still have a house named for him. Yeah. And, like, kids are put in that house. And they're like, hey, you're in Guess the... Guess what?
1: You're a racist You're now. in the racist
0: house. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, shouldn't there be a petition to, like, change, change this? Change the name. Like, I couldn't help but, like, connect it to, like, uh, Confederate um, general statues yeah. here in the U.S. that were like, can you take that down? Because they were, like, a racist.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: um, and also, in another part, uh, they know that there's a trophy in the trophy case for Tom Riddle. Yeah. You know, Voldemort, like (laughs) Wizard Hitler. They still have
1: his trophy (laughs) on display.
0: They're like, yeah, he did this really great thing for the school once. And so like, we want to make sure we polish this trophy and make it look really nice. Of Wizard Hitler. Of Wizard Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) And Dumbledore gives a line in the book like, oh, not a lot of people know that Voldemort went to this school and was named Tom Riddle. And I'm like, can we like, up our history game here. Yeah. Cause like not telling people this shit is like really problematic that you're like, super fucked up. Yeah. That you're like, yeah, no, we should, you know, make sure we teach kids good values here so that we don't teach another wizard Hitler. Exactly. <laughs> so just like, I don't know. It was also crazy.
1: <laughs> Last for lightning round. I just want to briefly mention in the book, uh, Fred and George, when they break Harry out of the Dursley's house, they have to pick the lock where Harry's belongings are being kept, and they're not allowed to use magic because school hasn't started yet. And Fred and George specifically say... Yeah, not a lot of people like care to learn about picking lot- locks because it's a muggle skill and they like have magic. But we think it's like a really valuable skill to know. And I'm like, you know what? I love that. I for do them. too. <laughs> yes. It's so smart that
0: like they would be cunning in every possible They're, way. Like in
1: any chance, like we don't have magic, we'll be able to get ourselves out of a situation.
0: Mm-hmm. I love it so much. <laughs> And that's our lightning round. Thank you so much for listening to uh, our follow-up Harry Potter episode on the Chamber of Secrets. We really love doing these ones. It's
1: really fun. We'll
0: definitely continue to do them. Yeah. Uh, if you have any Harry Potter thoughts, opinions, uh, answers to our questions, you can email us at cover 2 at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Find us on Instagram. Uh, on Twitter, we are at cover2credits. And uh, just let us know your thoughts on Harry Potter or any episodes you want to do you think we should do in the future on any other adaptations that mm-hmm. you enjoy.
1: And if you'd like to support us, you can find us on Patreon. We do have a lot of really great people over there that are supporting us um, by um, contributing and being our patrons. And it's really helpful. We do have some costs associated with doing the podcast, so it does help to offset that for us. And patrons do get um, bonus episodes. We just did a bonus episode on uh, The Great Gatsby. Um, And they get um, content, uh, episode schedules ahead of time. And they also get first priority on um episodes that they would like to see us do so
0: yeah so if you like the podcast and want to engage with us more we're very um attentive to patreon and answering messages or anything like that so you know reach out to us on there and thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time see you next time bye Bye.